Hey, Diet Riders. Hello. Welcome back. We are on episode, what, 12, 13? I have no I idea. don't know. Something. We're A in lot. double digits, friends. We're definitely for real. Yep. Not going anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get comfortable. <laughs> this couch may make noise. We're on a leather couch because Brooke is rich. All right? She's oh. got a leather couch. <laughs> yes. I am very fancy. So fancy. So if you hear anything that sounds like... Like tooting. Tooting. We're not farting. <laughs> My sister in does it fluffing with her oh. kids, and I think oh. that's really cute because I hate the alternative F word for it. <laughs> so if you hear that, it's definitely not us, even though maybe she's pregnant. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> talk about ketosis and ketogenic diets because lots of people have been asking us about it and we just wanted to tell you our thoughts all the requests for keto yeah wow let's talk about what keto is what ketosis is and why there's a fad around it yeah right now i feel like it's it's still do you think it's the most popular diet right now um probably that in paleo i hear the most about yeah still hear paleo i don't hear it as much yeah. I don't get out much, so <laughs> yeah. I feel like keto, the intermittent fasting, which we're doing on another episode. I hear mm-hmm. a lot about that one, but I feel like keto is definitely the one I like interact with the most. Yeah. I used to get paleo a lot. People, like, what do you think of the paleo? What do you think of paleo? What do you think of paleo? Mm-hmm. Well, so we'll do that one eventually. Yeah, we will. But for day today, we're talking about keto, keto diet. So, what is a ketogenic diet? Great question, Brooke. So glad you asked. (laughs) So it's a diet. It's very low in carbohydrates. um, And then it results in high circulation of ketone bodies in our body. So most of our cells, they prefer to use blood sugar, which comes from carbohydrates, as the body's main source of energy, which we did. Yes, which we talked about in a previous episode. Um, But in the absence of blood sugar from the food, we start breaking down stored fat into molecules, which they are called ketone bodies. And that is the process of ketosis. So if you go like three to four days without carbohydrates, either by fasting or by limiting it to like roughly 20 grams a day of carbohydrates, Mm -hmm. for most people that'll put them in ketosis. Yeah. So, um, I wrote down, so keto is going to be between 20 and 50 grams of carbohydrate per day total. Which is very little. Very little. <laughs> so, and that includes like fruits and remember vegetables. Remember that, yeah, fruits and vegetables are also your carb sources along with like rice and starches and breads and everything like that. But like a slice of bread is 15 grams of carbohydrates typically. So that's like one slice of bread. And mm-hmm. that's, and that's <laughs> it. And that means okay. no fruits or veggies for you. Yeah, t- all day. So I saw this really hilarious, it's like, I don't know if you call it a meme, but it's, or like a jiffy or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it was of Donald Duck. Nope. Who's the Mickey, the mouse? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. God, I have a kid. I should know this. Mickey Mouse slicing a piece of bread, and it was like the thinnest slice to the point where after he sliced it, the air just picked it up and like started moving it. And it was really funny because it was like people cutting their slice of bread on the keto diet. <laughs> it was oh literally gosh. paper thin, probably like six grams yes. of carbohydrates. It was really funny. funny. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so like Brooke said, so the liver starts, so when you don't have enough carbs... 
basically to fuel your body. Your body needs to find another fuel source. So your liver starts to break down fat, and that fat goes into um, ketone bodies to use as energy, which is what being in ketosis, ketosis is called when you're using ketone bodies as the major source of energy. Right. right. And so like a standard American diet, for instance, most Americans are eating roughly 50 per six, 50 to 60 percent of their calories from carbohydrates. Yeah. On a keto diet, you're eating five to 10 percent oh of gosh. your calories from carbs. I was like you're trying eating... to do the math real quick and I was like, it must be like maybe 20 percent. No, no, five to 10. Five to 10 and then not... 70 to 80 percent fat. Yeah. And then 20 percent protein, which in a general diet, like your pro, so really your protein isn't changing yeah. on a keto diet. You're eating roughly the same amount of protein, 20%. That's pretty normal. So when you compare diet. it to like the Atkins or the paleo diet, mm-hmm. like, so keto, the reason why it's different than the other ones is because of how high in fat it is, how high in fat and low in carb. So Atkins diet is high in protein, low in carb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is similar in the carb mm-hmm. facet. Carb, I think yeah. actually Atkins allows more than 50 grams of carbs a day. I yeah. Think if I remember, I think yeah. it's like 75 or something like that. Um, we'll do one on that too. But it's the difference between the emphasis on protein and then keto is going to be so much fat. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, my son was dipping his avocado in butter the other day. <laughs> Whoa. Like, wow, what a perfect segue into our keto diet conversation. <laughs> Just dipping it right in butter. Like, not even melted butter. Whole stick of butter. Soft and butter. Mm. He's real. He's got a real palate for <laughs> ketosis. <laughs> right? And then paleo can... It can be somewhat similar to keto. Yeah. It's not the same thing. But paleo is where you eliminate dairy, grains, processed foods. But you can balance your macronutrients any way you want. So, like, paleo, typically it is a lower-carb diet. But it doesn't necessarily, you're not counting grams of carbs. Yeah. And then typically with paleo, you're eating like more fat than a standard American diet, but you're not necessarily eating 75% fat. Mm-hmm. And then it is a pretty and they high. Eat fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Highly. Yeah. Fruits. Yep. Fruits, vegetables. Um, so their carb, carbs are higher because they're eating more fruits and vegetables. And then typically protein is a little higher on paleo. Yeah. But again, you do it any way you want. So. A paleo diet is like way less restrictive than keto because keto, you are you are having to count your grams of carbohydrates in order to get your body into ketosis. Yep. So that's the thing that keto diet is living in a state of ketosis. Your body is mm-hmm. constantly. You're never able to fill up those that store of gluco um, of glucose, which is called glycogen. That storage of glucose, you're never able to actually fill that up because you're barely giving your enough, your body enough to run on for each specific day. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly running basically at zero. So you're trying to run off that fat. Whereas paleo, and I think a big thing about paleo too, is they focus on the quality of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, not to say keto doesn't. I don't want to like get into a heated argument about it, but it's not as a, like big of an emphasis. Mm-hmm. It's really about like your macros and your percentages versus paleo is more like quality of food and like even good quality meats. meats. Yeah. yeah. So an organic and like stuff like that, but I think they're more f- focused on unrefined grains, things like right. that. Whereas keto, some people will, they'll buy like really crappy butter or mm-hmm. they'll buy really processed meats mm-hmm. and they're eating a really high fat diet, but the fats that they're going to aren't great quality fats. 
Right. Not everybody. Yeah. But for sure. There's always exceptions. Right. <laughs> and there's certain people that follow probably specific within the keto diet. I'm sure that there's different like like types of that people preach, like uh-huh. what to focus on, like dipping your avocado in butter. Right. <laughs> right. <sighs> so okay, Alyssa, what did you? So we did. We just each did our own research studies. Well, yeah. we just looked up different research studies. Um, so what did you find for pros of the diet? And then I'll talk about Ooh. what I found for pros and then we'll go into the cons that we found. Hmm. Let me just quick look at these pros. <laughs> um, it's, I got to kind of sort it out cause it's all, Oh, the other thing I wanted to say is sorry, backtrack real quick. The only way to know if you're in ketosis. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think a lot of people ask, how do I know if I'm in ketosis? How do I know if I'm burning fat and not carbs? It's, you have to do tests. Like mm-hmm. a breath test, a urine test, or a blood test. Mm-hmm. There's no way to really know just by like tuning into your body. <laughs> like, right. I mean, and if you, let's say for 10 days or seven days or five days even, you you know you've had under 20 grams of carbohydrates, you can yeah. pretty much guess that you are in ketosis. But yeah. Right. It's, or if you're like, especially if you're testing like within the first month or two, um, and you're monitoring your diet and then you're testing, you'll know what will work for you. It's pretty much Brooke just spilled water yeah, it's all the way down her shirt. It looks <laughs> great. Um, so you can pretty much know what works for you and what doesn't to keep you in ketosis. And a lot of people will say, kick me into ketosis. Like, Oh, tomorrow I'm going to start this. So it kicks me into ketosis. Um, I, didn't, I couldn't find an exact amount of time it took for your body to get into ketosis, but with my background knowledge of like glycogen storage, I would think at least two to three days. Everything I found was three to four days. Oh, perfect. Oh, if if that if so you're close. doing twenty grams or less, okay. oh, I God. did find. I would I totally did, go for that fifty every day. I did find some <laughs> that like yeah, if you were closer to like forty or fifty. Um, it could take like four to five days, but okay. a general rule of thumb is like for most people, three to four days. Yeah. 20 to there's a range. It depends on the person. So the pros to this diet, I would say, okay, this is my biggest one. Um, so the reason why I became a dietitian, and I kind of talked about this in our intro podcast mm-hmm. was because a friend of my mom's. <laughs> daughter had seizures like crazy as a kid she was having like I don't want to misquote but it was upwards of a hundred a day like it was a ton of seizures she was really little maybe two or three and they put her on a keto diet Mm -hmm. um so very high fat very low carbs very very I mean and this is for a two-year-old so a carb for an adult is 20 to 50 so for her Mm -hmm. I can't even tell it must be under 10 I mean it must be so small so she was on a really controlled diet and she was only on it, I think for two months. And then she was complete. She's been completely cured, has not had a seizure since. Yeah. Didn't go on seizure medication. Like I'm not recommending this. Let's just be super clear. I'm not a doctor. Like go see your doctor. If you have seizures, this is not something that's mm-hmm. like, and it's a specific type of seizure that it does care. Oh, thank too. God. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's one of the benefits is like, okay, this could be a diet that could actually cure um, put into remission, help with certain disease states like seizures, especially in children is where they found it the most. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of research right now coming out about um, cancer, Alzheimer's, like any sort of brain health diseases that it could put MS too as well as one of them mm-hmm. that they're doing research on. It's still inconclusive. It's really hard to know. Alzheimer's was, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to say. I don't know if it's really worth it, especially if you're in like an end stage life disease to then have to be keto for the last few years Mm -hmm. of your life like 
I don't, I mean, I love food. I don't know if that would really up my quality of life, but that's something to keep into consideration as we continue down this route of like researching it. Um, and then the other things I found, obviously weight loss and not always a positive to lose weight. We've talked about this before, but that is something that does happen. Um, they've also found signs of decreasing your LDL, which is your lousy cholesterol, increasing your HDL cholesterol, which is your happy cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that from Nutrition 101? Yep. Nut 101. Yep. Lousy and happy. Yep. Um, and decrease your, um, it decreases your blood glucose levels. Mm-hmm. So you're just a little bit more sensitive to insulin, which is good. Mm-hmm. So there are some positives that they've seen, but um, I guess we'll wait to get into the negatives. What are positives yes. you've seen? So, um, some positives. Well, one I found that again is not necessarily always a positive, but some people find it a positive is typically it does lead to weight loss short term for the first few weeks, but for a lot of people, then they plateau. And then once they start eating carbohydrates, they end up gaining more of it back or all of it back or, or they get back to where they were. Yeah. Typically more. And we've talked about this in our other ones with any diet. And right. this is definitely a diet. <laughs> it falls right. under the diet category. With any diet, people typically come out weighing more than they did when they started the diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I found some research that it, it can, for some people, improve their glucose and A1C. Mm-hmm. So more of what I found was like pre-diabetics. Um, so maybe you're not on an uh, insulin regimen yet, but you have pre-diabetes. Um, lowering your carbohydrates and increasing your fat is something that you can do and to try to see if it will improve And I just want to do like an asterisk right here that I know mm-hmm. you already know, but this is hard because people who are going on diets uh-huh. typically don't have the best diets. Right. So you're coming from a place of maybe eating very high starch foods, very like sugary candy, like yeah. probably very unhealthy or you're most likely unhappy with the way that you look or the way that you weigh or whatever that might look like. So you're going on this diet. Mm -hmm. So to say, I feel like that's probably a plus of any diet you go on is more like a better, more stable blood sugar levels because you're probably increasing your fruits and vegetables, your proteins, your fats. Like you're not probably eating as much crap Mm -hmm. as you were before. So sometimes I like look at that with a grain of salt of like, it's probably every diet. It's not, and I can actually say specifically, it's not specific to keto diet. That's something that usually happens with any diet. Right. Typically. Right. Unless it's like a candy diet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I was kind of on that an hour ago. (laughs) Me too. Can we share really quick what we ate Um, at the same time in different places? Okay. (laughs) I was in the car on the way here and I ate not one, not two, but three Tootsie Pops. (laughs) (laughs) And I was at a church training and they gave us candy for trivia and I had some nerds. And some Starburst and some Skittles. To be fair, they were the little Halloween packs. Yeah. They were small. My Tootsie Pops were the real size ones. Real good. All right? And they were delicious. Yes. All right. Anyways. Back to the pros. <laughs> yes. Off the candy diet now. Um, they did find that a high fat diet is more effective than a low fat diet for like weight loss, glucose control, um, a, a lot of different things. So I think that that is one perk of this diet is is showing people not to be afraid of fat. Yeah, and that's true. I think that that's a good thing because when you go on a low-fat diet, I mean, it, it ends up, it screws up a lot of things to your body. <laughs> yes. And um, I think with fat as well is just introducing fat in your diet, you probably have a better feel for feeling satiated. Like yeah. you actually feel full after eating on the keto right. diet. I, I've never done it. 
pounds, so yeah. I'm not sure. But I've increased my fat in my diet, totally. and I've completely felt Compared that. Compared to like a low-fat diet where you always mm-hmm. feel hungry or it wasn't enough for that snack pack, 100-calorie snack pack was like leaving you feeling empty inside. <laughs> yes. Versus eating avocado dipped in butter, you right. probably feel real full. Right. Yeah, so I picked out some different, um, some different disease states and kind of researched them. So type 2 diabetes... Um, Several studies have shown that there are benefits of a keto diet for patients with type 2 diabetes, such as their glucose and hemoglobin A1C can go down, which obviously getting your glucose down to a normal state is a good thing. Um, Reversing neuropathy, some cardiac benefits, Mm -hmm. lipid profile, which is what she's already said about the HDL cholesterol and LDL cholesterol, Um, and then potential weight loss. Again, though, if you are doing a strict keto diet and you get your glucose down and then you start eating a high-carb diet again, yep. it's your hemoglobin A1C is going to go right back up and your glucose is going to go right back up. And so... Yeah, these aren't permanent changes. These aren't permanent changes, but if and, you do it, it, yeah. it can drop your glucose. And again, time. just to reiterate, we're not doctors. We're not recommending this for people that have any of these disease right. states that there might be some positives. Because anyone also probably has some other like comorbidities or like other diseases that they're struggling with mm-hmm. that this would actually be counterintuitive to do. So we're not right. recommending it by any stretch of the imagination, but we are just sharing what we found in the research. Yep. And then weight loss, again, we kind of talked about, but I think the keto, so what they found with um, weight loss is the keto diet is more effective, mm-hmm. three times more effective than a low fat diet. Yeah. So in general, they're saying a, pa- a patient or a client or whoever a person going on a low-fat diet versus a patient going on a high-fat diet, the person on the high-fat diet will actually lose more weight. Right. And again, part of that is because they're eating more fat. Fat doesn't make you fat. But it helps with your hunger reduction. Um, and then again, Alyssa and I have already talked about adding fats to each meal. So if you can mm-hmm. add a protein, a carb, and a fat to each meal, it's balanced. It's going to keep your blood sugar balanced. So the whole idea of like why weight loss can go hand in hand with that is just blood sugar balance. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're eating a low fat diet, your blood sugar is most likely going to be high, which if you're, if your insulin is high and your glucose is high, um, you can't lose weight. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to struggle losing weight. And I think to go along with that too, like what we just said, eating higher fats satiates you more. So you're less likely to binge on the keto yeah. diet than you are on a low fat diet because yes. you just feel so deprived. I think either one you feel deprived. Um, obviously haven't done either one, but I do think on the low fat diet you're more susceptible to that binge, like yes, end of the night binge, for sure. Than you probably are. You're probably full of like yeah. When you increase your fat, your oil, you're not. You don't have those cravings as much, right? Just increasing your fat in general. I'm not saying you have to increase yeah. it to seventy five percent of your diet, but sure, increasing it in general will. Um, and then again, with epilepsy, um, the keto diet has yeah. been suggested to reduce seizure frequency. Now, this is not for every form of seizure. This right. is not for every form of epilepsy. Um, typically, it's used for kids who continue to have seizures despite being on anti-epileptic drugs. Mm-hmm. So if you have a kid with seizures and they are not responding to drugs, then I think it's okay to reach out to a metabolic dietitian and mm-hmm. the doctor and discuss trialing um, a ketogenic diet. Again, that is getting your doctors involved, getting a ketogenic or metabolic dietitian yeah, involved. Yeah, this is not something to try on Yeah, your this own. is not something to try on your own. Um, I actually had a patient, this was like a month ago, 
tube feeding, but they um, are eating and tube feeding, and they are on a keto cal, which is a tube feeding formula that is a ketogenic tube feeding formula, and it's meant for kids with with seizures. Um, and then the baby or the child started eating more orally. So they were trialing out a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. They had tried it for three months and the child wasn't really responding. Huh. And my point is it doesn't work for all seizure types. It doesn't right. work for all forms of epilepsy. So again, it, it trying it for three months, there's probably no harm in it if your kid is having seizures and they're not responding to drugs and the doctor is okay with you trying it. Um, but I think that that is, yeah, you know, could be a route that could work. And if it stops the seizures, then couch alert. <laughs> if if it does stop the seizures, then then at least you know that there is something out there besides medications that you have to depend on. Yeah. Um, and then Alzheimer's was the last thing I kind of researched. Um, what they found is that with Alzheimer's, um, there were no major changes, um, but the cognitive scores improved. So their cognitive ability improved while they were on the diet, but patients with Alzheimer's didn't really see changes with weight, cholesterol, glucose, or insulin. So their cognition improved, but the moment they stopped the diet, their cognition dropped completely back down. So they had a month washout period and the cognitive score went back down to what it was before the diet. So, and the the caregiver burden to try to stick with it was really difficult and then the other thing was a lot of the alzheimer's patients had diarrhea and it was so severe steatorrhea i'm sure yeah they they had such severe diarrhea that the patients and the caregivers were like this is not worth it and again their cognition improved while they were on the diet but the moment that within that month washout period um they had completely like gone back to their normal self so again if you're yeah if you have alzheimer's I don't know that, like, your quality of life. Right. You have to weigh it on all options. Yeah. And so you have to remember, too, the way our body works is our brain feeds off glucose. That's where it functions best. It's at the highest performance is using glucose as its source of fuel. So when you start to change that, there is a period of time, I believe I read two to three months, that it takes for your brain to re, um, basically re-engineer itself to start using the ketone bodies as energy as efficiently as it was using glucose. So it takes a while for your brain to kind of catch up. So a lot of people talk about like keto fog. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you saw that, the keto flu. I've heard a lot about that. Yep. Yeah. So like those first few weeks while you're getting on the keto diet, that your body's probably not going to respond well to it. It's not like an instantaneous, like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better now. Mm -hmm. I'm so much clearer. I'm so much blah, blah, blah. Now for some people it might be because you might actually be coming from a place of eating total crap that your body's not doing well with to maybe trying to make some better choices. So it's different for everyone, but remember that your brain's main fuel source is typically glucose. So it's hard to change that anatomy and it's hard to change that metabolic function. So Mm -hmm. it's not super smooth sailing. And then it is really hard just to keep up with it, to actually um, follow through with the diet long-term. So my chiropractor, I told Brooke this the first time I met him. I love my chiropractor. He's a great chiropractor. Not a great nutritionist. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tells me, he goes, oh, I do the keto diet except for pizza and beer. Hey, guess what? That's not that's a keto like, diet. <laughs> like that's more than before. 20 grams. <laughs> exactly. Like we talked about before, 
ketogenic diet is being in a state of ketosis, having exceptions to the rule, you won't be in ketosis. Right. You'll just be starving yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's literally not, it's not like, oh, if I'm close, you know, then then it's enough. No, it's literally being kicked into a ketosis state. Right. So no exceptions, guys. Sorry. Right. Well, and the, the, I think the biggest con, which I feel like we're already going into the cons, but I feel like the biggest con with this diet is is long term, like mm-hmm. sustaining a state of ketosis long term for an average person. It's not sustainable, right? And I mean, you're giving up a lot. You're giving up a lot. That means quality. It's of your life. birthday. <laughs> no it's cake. Birthday. <laughs> no cake on your birthday. It's almost our birthday. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, I had my birthday cake already last night. Oh my gosh! No birthday <laughs> and today. Um. Yeah, and like any of those benefits we talked about, those are only true while you're on the ketogenic diet. It doesn't permanently change the function, the functioning of your body, and then all of a sudden you can mm-hmm. go do whatever you want, and your body's still reaping the benefits of the ketogenic diet. So to long-term commit to this, I would mm-hmm. say, is nearly impossible. I mean, yeah. at some point you're going to change your diet again, whether it's the next fad diet, or you realize that you're not doing well on it, mm-hmm. or you're miserable on your birthday every year, whatever yeah. that might be. I bet most people stick to it for a few months and then they, right. they let go of it. And then like we said, typically all of those things come back. Yeah. So. I did have one. So my last job, I did have one client. Um, she had a really cool success story. Mm-hmm. She was obese and she had type two diabetes and she just said, I want to get off my medications and yeah. I want to do whatever I can. And she started walking every day um, and so for her, that was like really good exercise because uh-huh. she was not doing anything else. She did a ketogenic diet for a while. And then what she ended up doing was she transitioned, um, from like a ketogenic diet to more of, I would say more of a paleo where sure. she was still eating a higher fat. She was still limiting carbohydrates, but she, she was eating fruits and vegetables right. as her source of carbohydrates. She was eating a higher fat diet. She was eating good quality meats. Um, and lots of eggs and stuff like that. And she was like, you know what? I feel great. I'm like, I'm exercising more. I'm drinking water. I cut out, like she did a, right. a slew of things. Um, but for her, her big accomplishment was not even the weight loss. She was so proud that she could get off her diabetes totally. medications. And so that was like a really cool success story I saw of somebody who she stuck with it long term and she showed me a before and after picture mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, I don't even care about the weight loss, but like I've lost a hundred pounds oh and gosh. like, yeah, granted this was like over probably a year and a half period, yeah. but, um, for her, it was more sustainable because Capulet. she took the, <laughs> she took the principles of keto of I'm going to eat lower carbohydrates. And by that she said, I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables, you know, right. and then I'm going to eat good quality meats for my protein and I'm going to increase my fat. And she's like, I just feel so good when I increase my fat. And again, everyone's so different with how right. they feel and so what makes them feel good. Yep. So she totally, instead of transitioning just off the diet and yep. going back to a standard American diet, yeah. she just went to, I'm going to eat, you know, this way. And for her, it was sustainable. Cause she's like, Brooke, I can eat eggs and bacon every day for breakfast, and I love it. And I said, yeah, me too. I, like, I eat it every day for breakfast, you know. I think that's, like, the key is modifying any of these diets we're going to talk about. There are pros and cons to them, of course, in, like, a scientific way. But as, like, a human being and quality of life and what typically scientifically happens is where the more deprivation you have, the more you tend to binge. 
when you take these things and modify them to work well for you, what's cool, the only positive I'll probably ever say about diets is what can come out of it is Mm -hmm. restructuring your brain around food to the point of, oh, these aren't my go-tos anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't have to stay with these same foods. I don't have to stop at McDonald's on my way to work every day because that's all I know. I don't know how to make it breakfast. Yeah, like I don't have to go to Starbucks and just live off a frappuccino for breakfast with no food. (laughs) Diets actually force you to be creative Mm -hmm. of how to come up with new snacks. So on a ketogenic diet, when you find a new snack that you love that you can bring into your later life after the ketogenic diet's over, blah, 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 it actually cr- just creates those better choices for you mm-hmm. and expands your worldview on food. Because otherwise you do what your parents taught you to do. Maybe you picked up a few things in college or from f- some friends or food mm-hmm. bloggers, and then you kind of stop and you sit in your comfort zone. And I'm totally guilty of that. Right. But it's like you sit in your comfort zone. So sometimes diets, I don't recommend them <laughs> for anyone. But there are things like, oh, if I were to look up what a what a great paleo snack is Mm -hmm. not be on the paleo diet necessarily but what are these great snack options oh I can incorporate those into my life and make a modified plan for yourself Mm -hmm. that you enjoy because that's the only way it's going to be sustainable is if you actually enjoy it like you said she actually liked bacon and eggs every morning and it's something that services your body and you you react well to it so if you go on the ketogenic diet or any diet or have a snack and your body does not respond well to it. For example, three Tootsie Pops. <laughs> it's a cho- it, You're always making a choice. It's quality of life, enjoyment of the food over how your body feels. If you can do both where your body yeah. feels good on it and it's something you enjoy, that's going to be something you can keep with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that happens to line up. Like you were saying earlier, I just happen to eat more paleolithic-like. Mm-hmm. Like not you're not on a paleo diet. But you just tend to, oh, that actually lines up with a lot of things they eat. Yeah. Like, if I had to say, in general, what is my, again, so last month of pregnancy has been real weird. (laughs) We're going to talk about pregnancy later. But um, in general, a typical diet for me is more of a Uh paleo-ish. I'm not going to say I'm on a full paleo. Totally. I'm not. But for me, it's, you know, I don't eat a ton of grains because of celiac. Yeah, exactly. I love fruits and vegetables, and I love meat, and I love eggs, and I love fat. So, in general, that's more of what I... And that's how I feel good. Like, Do you feel deprived at all? No. And I think that's the key. I think right. any diet you're on that you feel like you're on a diet or you're being deprived yeah. is not going to be successful. And if I want tortilla chips, I'm going to eat tortilla chips. Dang straight. So, it's like, I'm not going to say... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say... Oh, I'm on a paleo diet, so I'm not allowed to eat that. No, right. I just say in general, like 80% of the time, that's just more of the foods I pick. But 20% of the time, I'm eating yeah, probably something processed or refined sometimes. You know, You're not, choosing yeah. like that feeling of, oh, this feels good for me right now, even though it's not probably going to service your body well. Right. And sometimes you can get away with that and not feel horrible. But And I think... Really, the problem, the biggest problem I have with any diet or the keto diet is you're just in that diet mentality. I think part of, I think the biggest negative of diets in general is mm-hmm. literally like social life. Yeah, it's <laughs> that feeling of like, I just got I invited go to tonight. dinner. Yeah. And now I have to eat a salad while I watch everyone else eat. And I've been and there. maybe not and even the sucks. size. You really can't probably even eat a full size salad at a restaurant. With a 20 gram carbohydrate limit, unless you have had zero carbs oh, all day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you probably have to eat, order like a steak with butter and, and an Green avocado. Beans. 
<laughs> green beans are pretty starchy. Yeah, I, I love know. I love green beans. So I mean, well, I don't know. I didn't look up specific meals, but I can't imagine it's an easy. I have seen a ton of things online that are like keto pizza, keto cupcakes, and it's like, all right, what are you doing here? Like, yeah, this is just loopholes. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, yeah, which is interesting because like when you go on Whole Thirty. Yes. They don't want you mi- mimicking, like, they don't want you making, like, whole dirty desserts totally. or anything. Yeah. Which I get the mindset of that, of, right. like, no, let's train your body You're to just eat tricking. just real food. Totally. And get your body in that habit of eating normal, healthy, and like, otherwise day fruits and vegetables, it. meats, and, like, natural foods. <laughs> whole foods. Whole foods. We believe in whole foods wholeheartedly, people. Yes. Um, now more into the negatives, I think, um, other than obviously the social side of it and just quality of life and choices and being in that diet mentality and always thinking of what it's going to do to your diet rather than if you're just enjoying food with friends or by mm-hmm. yourself or whatever that be. Outside of that, um, there's not a lot of research on it. So not a lot of long-term research. Not yeah. a lot of long-term research. There's not a lot of definitive research. Nutrition in general is really hard to research because there's so many factors it could yes. literally be your genetics. It could be the way that you exercise. It could be the dog that you have at home. Like there's mm-hmm. no way for them to really isolate nutrition and by the way prove that people are staying consistent. Like yeah. you have food journals for people. Okay, you forget. Have you guys ever tried to record your food? Yeah, it's, it's not hard. accurate. Like it's after not day 100% three, it's like, accurate. I don't remember. Yeah. I can't even tell you what I've had all day other than the Tootsie Pops. I had Chipotle burrito bowl. <laughs> it was amazing. I literally could not tell you. I just, I don't, so it's like, so it's hard to research it. So in general, it is hard. But what we know about science and how the body functions best, we know that it, being on this diet, a very high fat diet, could cause issues with your heart, could cause atherosclerosis and end up having mm-hmm. plaque buildup in your in your arteries. Diarrhea. <laughs> Diarrhea. Big Diarrhea. Really horrible. Um, there's also possible... Um, issues with your kidneys and your liver because you're causing them to work a little bit harder. Um, you also may lose muscle mass. So yeah. when you stop eating carbohydrates as your main source, your body goes into stress and starvation mode. So when you don't have that glycogen storage, your body feels like it's being starved. Yeah, you though, feel like it's like a fasted state. You're like almost tricking your body to be in a fasted right. state. Yeah. And when you're in a fasted state, we know that your body starts to shut down the things that it doesn't have to run. Mm-hmm. So then that's when you actually stop losing weight because your body's worried that they don't know. Your body doesn't know there's a McDonald's on every quarter. Like right. they don't know that food's super abundant. So your body starts to shut down and you live in a suit of stress. And when you're in stress, your cortisol levels are high. And when your cortisol levels are high, your blood sugars are uncontrolled. We know that there's more stress on the kidneys when your cortisol levels are high. We know that you start to, um, you start to process and do metabolic processes inefficiently. Um, there's a lot of things that happen when you're in a state of stress that are counterintuitive to being on the diet. Um, and so, I mean, stress just in general, everyone knows that that's not going to be good on the body. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. There's also possible brain malfunction um, because, like I said before, you're not using glucose as your primary source. Um, the other one that I think is worth noting is hormonal imbalances. <laughs> Hormonal yeah. imbalances, mood swings when you're hungry, hangry, moody. I think that's a big one that people close to you have to deal with. Um, let's see. What else I got over here? I think that's most of them, which mm-hmm. are quite a lot. They're not great. 
Yeah, I think I think the hard thing what what I was finding with um like for for instance like diabetes and um yeah and Alzheimer's and cancer and like all of those things it's like they haven't studied it enough to know. Again, like with Alzheimer's, yeah, it helps your cognitive function while you're on it, but then it goes away. And then other studies show, well, it'll sh- you'll lose weight short term, but then you'll gain it back. And then um, sometimes yeah. it helps your glucose and your cholesterol, but sometimes it doesn't. And then it's just it, there's not a lot of research. Definitely, the most research has been on seizures because right. that's why. That's why I mean that's a big reason why there's it stuck around. There's a clinical around. need for it. There I mean, is a clinical if it no, if it works for that. If it, yeah, if patient. it works for that, then that's a clinical need. Versus everything else is really just you know vanity. It's want, like yeah, yeah, weight loss or whatever. You know, I don't or know. you know, Some if you're a diabetic you and you yeah. are trying to control your diabetes, yeah, I can see how that could be like um, a way for you to be like, oh, I want to try this because yeah. keep my A1C down. Yeah, um, but really in the end. We're looking at another diet that's a fad diet that's out there to make money. I mean, mm-hmm. the number of books that are sold, the number of meal plans. There's a meal plan on right now that I, when I was looking all this stuff up, it was like advertising to me. A keto meal plan. They send you everything you need every week. $300 a week. Holy. I was like, I... That is like way more than our grocery budget. That's more than my daycare cost. That is my daycare cost. Yeah, for is a week. Right? Yeah, that's my daycare cost. That's our cost. daycare cost. Yeah. <laughs> I was that's like, insane. yeah, that's a daycare cost. That's for... taking care of a child. Well, and typically, like, you can live off a grocery budget for, right. like, a couple for, like, $100 a week. So that's yeah. three times the amount. Yeah, it's a ton of money. So, to, so we talked <coughs> about this before. Diet culture is BS, and it's out there to make money. It's there to make you feel bad about yourself. Here's the next fat diet. Try this. Do this. Change this everything's new and changing. So what I would say is sit back and wait for something new to come along and you'll watch, you'll see the trends. You'll see a new, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning. Is this the most common diet? I don't know. What's the most, you know, highest fad diet? It's because they change. A year yeah, there's always going to be. A year before that was, or several years before that was Atkins. There's always going to be a new diet out. And that's because they don't work long term. Mm-hmm. So by the time people are done with it and on the right. downswing, they try to look for something new. Right. So, so if you're trying to find something sustainable that mimics or is similar to keto. I would say try increasing your fats. Try focusing on not to I'm not saying 75%, but I'm saying don't be afraid of fat. Yeah. And try to incorporate a fat with each meal. So a healthy whole fat. Yeah, so like avocado oil, coconut oil, olive oil, um nuts, seeds, peanut butter, mm-hmm. um grass-fed butter. I mean, there are ways that you can add fats to each meal pretty easily. So I would say if you're not eating, if you're eating a low fat diet right now, that's the first thing I would say is try messing around with different amounts of fat. See how it makes you feel because yeah, if, it, if you feel, responds. if you feel less hungry between meals and you feel more satisfied, then that's a good thing. And then I would say if you're eating a ton of refined carbohydrates and processed foods and that is a majority of your diet, then try eating more fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and cutting down. I'm not saying eliminate completely because like that, you know, is not sustainable for a lot of people, but let's try to limit those processed grains and carbohydrates and let's focus on eating more fruits and vegetables. And I think that's something sustainable that everyone can stick with. Yeah. And getting creative and how you're snacking and how you're eating your meals 
And Brooke and I have a few episodes about like the PFC, like macros. Um, go listen to that episode. We also have one on snacking that we go over several snacks that are real great uh-huh. options. Like I think there are some options out there to be creative and not just get stuck in your rut of, oh, when I'm tired or when I'm hungry or when I have a break at work, I eat Triscuits every day. Nothing wrong with Triscuits, but trade it out for something else with like a PFC balance and see if your body feels reacts better. better. Everyone's body is different. So Brooke reacts really well with like a higher fat diet. I tend to do really well with high protein. I don't do well if I don't eat almost meat at every meal. I know that. Yeah. It's also pretty high fat, my diet, but I, I need a good amount of protein. I don't do well to have a salad for lunch with no protein source. Oh, I don't yeah. Do well. I have to add on. Yes. I add on bacon pretty much <laughs> every salad or yeah. chicken. I have, but yeah, I have to have like cube chicken or like beef or something. But I have to make like something. olive oil dressing to get my fat. I have to yeah. add on cheese. Oof. Cheese in my salad oh. is the best. Yes. Cheese. So, anyways. So I think a lot of this to me and I think to most of us, if we really are honest with ourselves, is common sense. Keto diet, uh, low fruits and vegetables. Really? You think that that's going to be a good choice to have low fruits and vegetables? I think that Alyssa and I would definitely agree. Whenever you are really limiting fruits and vegetables, it's probably not something you want to do. Ever. Because, I mean, just... I get limiting processed crappy carbs. Yeah. But not fruits and vegetables. Right, exactly. I don't think there's any reason to do that. There's so many benefits to fruits and vegetables that, A, we don't even know all of them yet. I would say, I would give my scientific guesstimate of we probably know 60% of what fruits and vegetables can do for us. I mean, there's so much we don't even know yet, but the fiber and the minerals and the vitamins, there's so, the water content, there's so much in there that work, A, uniquely together. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you have an apple... It's different than taking all those vitamins and in a pill form it. at the same or time juicing or it. juicing it. It's totally different. So it responds much better in your body than just giving your body what it quote unquote needs. So yeah, I'm a big fan of fruits and vegetables. So I think just common sense of that alone. And then also I think just any, I'm not saying I agree with like the American standard diet. I don't think right. that that percentage, I don't think you should be counting macros or calories mm-hmm. at all, but listening to your body of what your, per, what your, um, ratios look like what you work best and with. everyone's different and yeah. that's the thing is like there's no cookie cutter diet out there there's not one thing that just because it just because like a higher fat diet works for me again I'm not eating 75% right. but um, it, just because a higher fat diet works for me does not mean that that's going to work well for somebody else right. and so I think it is a lot of it is just experimenting at home with like hey I'm going to try eating these fruits and vegetables and see how I feel and I'm going to try adding some more fat to my diet and see how I feel and yeah, I'm going to try adding these kinds of proteins to my to my meals and snacks and see how I feel. And and again, just kind of coming up with what works best for your body because there is no diet that will fit everyone. Yeah. All of our genetics are different. What we exer- like our exercise is different even from day to day and week to week. I mean, yeah, it's like totally. If you're sick with the flu, you're going to be eating something different than if you're 100% healthy. Like, mm-hmm. our immune system. I mean, there's so many factors. Yeah. And genetics. Like, Huge. if you really dive into genetics and start looking at genomes and, like, there's there's people that don't respond well to certain diets because of their genetics. Right. Like, I'm Norwegian. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to respond to somebody who is African. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to respond different to different diets. Right. So it's just like there's so much and That actually reminds me when I was looking up um, intermittent fasting as well and keto diet and all these other diets. Yeah. They did talk about the possibility of having these diets 
um, trigger or turn on or turn off gene expression, mm. that there's a potential, and they, they don't have all the research on it, and it's not definitive, but there's a potential for certain diets that are really high in one specific type of food, like fats, um, to change that hormonal balance, which then in turn can turn on or turn off gene expression, wow. which could be good, could or, also be bad. Yeah, so that's interesting. there is some caution around that um, because we don't know. We just don't know yet. So my recommendation is sit back and wait. You see someone losing a ton of weight on it. You you know, if you're comparing yourself to someone else, you want to look like them, feel like them, act like them, um, back off a little. <laughs> I think sit back, watch what happens. Watch. I, I'm sure those influencers online talking about ketogenic diet, I'm sure in six months, a year, they're going to be talking about a different diet. So just yeah. you do you. <laughs> well, and I've like known people personally who have done keto and mm-hmm. for them it worked great short yeah. term. And then now they've gained more weight back than when they started. And again, for them, yeah, their goal was weight loss. Their goal, and some of them was like diet, you know, like glucose control. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like right, they when your goal is weight loss, you're gonna fail. Yeah, you're gonna fail at some point. Eight percent of the chance. You're gonna fail at some time. point. You may not fail right away. Right. Yeah, it may be years. That's yeah, that there's could a, be. depending I mean, on your age and yeah, totally. what other factors are going on. There's a famous person out there right now, I'm not going to name them, but they have been on a specific diet for years and they talk about it all the time. And I think it's great for them. That's awesome. Like that you're doing so well. And I'm not saying or hoping that they're going to fail one day or like go back to like a bigger size that they weren't comfortable at. But it's hard to watch, I think, um, because that's so unlikely. That is like 0.02% of the population that That quote unquote succeed. But then it's also like, even if it takes years, it's still one day you change your diet. You, mm-hmm. you know, you get out of that mentality. So it's, uh, it's just all big one cluster. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, if you can't tell, Brooke and I aren't big fans of diets in general, but we do want to go through these with you guys because you guys are asking for it. And, um, we find it really interesting. I like to research it. I like to yeah. be more knowledgeable. Um, so I think it's good, but so thanks guys for asking for it. Yeah, we'll do more topics that are similar. That's right. Keep doing that's it. That's what uh, people Just keep hear. knocking them down. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, <laughs> keep messaging us and emailing yeah. us. Oh, and yeah. And text. I've been getting texts. <laughs> but just, te- you know, like, let us know what you want to learn strangers. more about. She yeah, not from strangers. People. But, yeah, just keep us posted with what you want to learn about because doing research is always fun for us. Yeah. Um, our email is diet riot podcast no it's definitely not that hello (laughs) hello hello (laughs) brooke knows it better than me (laughs) hello (laughs) at dietriotpodcast.com our instagram is at diet.riot.podcast you can check us out there or leave us a comment um yeah i think that's it yeah okay well thanks for tuning in guys see you next tuesday tuesday